Hi friends, the following is a talk I gave to Families United Overcoming Addiction Support Group. And it's a group of families that, or families or friends that get together who have members who have suffered from alcohol or addiction. This is a judgment-free support group that provides resources, support, and has speakers come in. I talked to them about my top 10 ways of getting through the holidays with less stress. Hi, I'm Ruth. I'm a recovery coach. So I am going to talk a bit about the holidays because as everybody knows, this is a super relaxing time of year. <laughs> this is the time of year that they play the beautiful music in the stores and everybody loves going to the mall and we get to see our families and to have food and it's just <sighs> right. <laughs> it's cold outside, it's dark, and everybody's tired. Like I said, if you look at social media, you're supposed to be having a fabulous time. Everybody's supposed to be happy, hashtag grateful, hashtag blessed, and everybody's posting pictures of their really happy, successful families, and aren't we having a good time? And I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at those and I feel like shit. <laughs> I think, what is wrong? What is wrong with me? I mean, why are these people, how do they get that life? And, and, and what's wrong with me? And the, the thing is that what they're putting up is their highlight reel. And if, if you actually went to my personal page, you would think all I did was drink coffee with my daughters because that's what I'm posting. So, but if you're here tonight, I would imagine you know, your family is not picture perfect and you might be having a bit of a hard time. So I'll tell you a bit about me. About four years ago, uh, this time it was in October, uh, I lost my brother to alcoholism. He, he died, when, well they found him when his brother-in-laws went to get him for Thanksgiving dinner. Just before, about six months before my wedding, my father died of alcoholism, and both of them were 47. Now, I've, I made it to 55, so I've outlived both of them. I have a son who has been in treatment and out of treatment for the past eight years. He's currently in California and has walked out of a fabulous treatment center. We've just made the decision not to have him here for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Probably not, and my youngest daughter is getting married in January, and that's probably going to be a no as well. That's breaking my heart. So what I'm going to talk about tonight is some of the things that I've done. I've been 14 years sober. I actually do manage to have quite a bit of fun. I have, I have a pretty good life. I coach people. I teach yoga. I have a podcast, I do talks. So what tonight is going to be is just basically some of the things that I do to stay sane. I have, I have my top 10. And we're going to talk about behaviors because I mean, we all have things that we do to help us cope. And some of those things will be useful or helpful. And if something's helpful, it helps reduce stress in the short term and in the long term. If something's not helpful, it might numb out stress in the short term, but then in the long term, it'll come back 
and it'll be worse. And you, that's the behavior cycle that people we love are in right now. It's where they can't deal with whatever stress or feeling that they have, and they use whatever substance they use to numb out. So, and I know you hear it all the time, but I'm going to say it again, is that the very first thing, the most important thing you have to do is take care of yourself. I think I'm not too old for this reference, but everybody knows what the put the oxygen mask on yourself means. Anybody not know what that means? Anybody pretending and don't want to put up their hands? <laughs> That's okay. So when you get on an airplane, the oxygen masks come down and they tell you to put your own mask on first, even if your child is sitting right there beside you. And it just goes against every instinct that you have because, you know, if it's your child or someone you love, as a mother, I know I would throw myself in front of a bus for my kids. But if you don't take care of yourself, if you're not on solid ground yourself, then you cannot help anybody else. So good for you for coming out tonight and doing this really important. This, this counts as self-care. This counts as putting your oxygen mask on. What I have is, and, and I might be aging myself out again, but does everybody remember Letterman's Top Ten? Okay, cool. You don't, Max. That's all right. That's <laughs> you could probably Google it. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's still out there. But here I have are my top ten ways to survive the holidays. All right, number ten, and this one's hard. But accept that you're struggling, and that it's okay not to be okay. Recognize that it's okay to hurt. To experience that hurt as suffering and not to distract yourself, not to stuff it down, not to put it in a box so you don't have to feel it. Just be okay with the fact that this hurts. I mean, this, this stuff is heavy and it's heartbreaking and it's okay to feel that way. You wouldn't be human if you didn't feel that way. And then define just moments where you have that acceptance, where you can just sit. And even if it, you know, five or ten minutes would be fabulous, but even if it's just a minute sitting in your car, looking at the steering wheel, saying, this really hurts. I really, I really feel awful. This is so hard. And just being there and being with that pain. It's okay to do that. Number nine, move your body. And when we, get, when we get stressed and when we're tired and we're worn out, we tend to, you know, we start rolling forward. Our, our shoulders get hunched and we, just, we make ourselves smaller. And one of the ways to change how you feel is to move and change your posture. And if you've heard, have you heard of power poses where, you know, you, you stand, you, you, know, you bring your feet apart, you can put your hands on your hips. You can, I do this in my yoga classes. But they really do change the way you feel. And you might feel a little bit dumb breaking out into, you know, a ta-da on the subway or in your car. But, you know, find a way to move, especially if you notice that you're, if, that you're slouched down, that you're curled up. And you know, I have literally been on the floor curled up um, the nights uh, when my son was first homeless. And I had to sit there and be the mom who let her kid go out, you know, in February and not come into my home. 
I curled up in a ball. So I know what that pain feels like. And it can be the hardest thing in the world to just stand up and carry on. And a lot of the times the only reason I could do it was because I have another child. I have another, I have two child, two childs. I have two childs. <laughs> I have, I have uh, two other children. But if you can make yourself get up and move, it helps. And some of the other things that you can do, and if you guys want to do a, a, a participation thing, I know you are. I mean, everybody's excited. I can tell by the looks on your faces that you're super excited about trying this. There is no, there's not going to be any of that. Everybody can do this from your seat. Even the people who are looking at me like this, I swear you're going to be able to do this. <laughs> All right, so take your right hand, and I'm mirroring just in case this looks like I don't know what my right hand is. And take it over and grab a hold of your left earlobe. Put your thumb in the front and your finger in the back. Okay? Take your left hand. Do it on the other side. All right. See? Everybody feel just a little bit funny? All right. You're going to take a deep inhale, and as you inhale, roll down. Inhale. And then exhale. Come up. You inhale. Go down. Exhale. Come up. Want to do that one more time? I know you do. Come on down. Inhale. And then exhale. Come up. Let that go. All right, so anyone want to know what just happened in your brain? Your brain has two hemispheres. You've got a right hemisphere and a left hemisphere. Your right hemisphere controls the left side of your body, your left hemisphere the right. So when you cross your body and you do things that are counterintuitive, you know, if you interlace your fingers just like this, even changing the way you do it just to the way that feels weird, yeah, just, you know, do that or even do this. What you're doing is you're making each side of your brain, each hemisphere, communicate with the other because you've crossed the midline of your body and now your brain is talking and you get you free up more resources in your brain and when you have more resources in your brain, you have more resources to deal with what's going on in your life. And another trick, and this is, I'm not going to make you do any of this. I teach uh, once once or twice a month in Cook County Jail, and I teach the women in their yoga. And the type of yoga that I teach them, they, they talk about a trauma-informed yoga. And it's the type of yoga that you do when your body has been through a trauma. And I think we can probably all agree that having a loved one who is, is suffering and in recovery, we do have chairs here if you would like to come up. I'm safe, I swear. It's it, Yeah, you can come sit here and I... It just looks so lonely at the back. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> there, that's better. Okay. Um, but what one of the things that we do is we, we focus on three things. One is finding the ground. Two is finding your core or your center. And three is connecting with your breath. One of the things that happens when you're in trauma or when you're in stress is that you disassociate. Your body might be right here, but it is really painful to be in that body. So your, your mind, you're over here somewhere. So just by connecting with the ground, and you don't have to go out and stand in a field and do it. I mean, that's fine and that's nice. You don't have to go to the beach and do it, but again, also nice. You can do it in your car. You can do it wherever you are. And it's just a matter of bringing your attention to ground beneath your feet, like noticing your feet. How often do you pay attention to your feet until they hurt and then you realize how important they are? But noticing the chair 
where your legs are connected to the chair, where it's touching your back. So really find the ground. Become aware of your physical body. And then some of the, the cross-body movements can also be twisting, which again brings stuff across your body. That brings an awareness to your core, which is where a lot of you, you talk about your gut and your solar plexus. This is where a lot of power is, and this is, helps you cope with stress. And then the third thing is breathing. And what you do by breath is you pull yourself, again, it's the whole idea of pulling yourself into your body. And sometimes you would rather not be there, but it gives you moments of just being in the present moment and knowing that this moment is okay and that right now, at this point in time, that you're okay. And even if you just do that for a breath or two breaths, but it's always something that you can come back to. So number eight. This one's going to be fun. I've got, this, I've got material for this one. It's uh, laughter or music or, you know, find your jam. What brings you joy? All right, so you ready? I have jokes. <laughs> I know, we're all excited. How many cooks does it take to stuff a turkey? Just one, but you really have to squeeze them in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, no, good. The second wave is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always that second wave person. All right, I got another one. Which reindeer does Santa send to get his coffee? His star bucks. Uh, <laughs> I can't help you. I'm a star buck <laughs> as she picks up her coffee. But okay, so a little bit of laughing. Do you feel a little bit better? Your emotion, your emotion and your movement and music and stuff can change the way you feel. And just a little bit of laughing. I mean, go, whatever you find funny, go watch a dumb movie. Maybe you like Elf. Not a, not a big fan, but you know, a lot of people think he's really, really funny. But find something that makes you laugh and find a way to laugh every day and then don't feel guilty about it. Again, you have to take care of yourself. And there is nothing wrong with laughing, even when things are falling apart, even when you are going through the worst possible time of your life. It is still okay to laugh and to find something that brings you joy. And then the other thing is find some music. Have you ever noticed when you put on, you know, a song comes on the radio and it completely changes how you feel? You know, I have a playlist and it's like, in case of bad mood, press play, my top song. And, and I have it, I, I have an Alexa uh, in my bedroom. And if I'm really feeling it, it's like, Alexa, play I'm Still Standing. And it's that Elton John song. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the original video. And I still think it's pretty cool. But that's my song. And it's like, and if you think about it, you have survived 100% of the worst days of your life. You are still here. You are still standing while you're sitting. But you know what I mean. You're still here. And even at the worst point when you thought you could never go on, you're still here and you have survived. So find that music. Put on something that makes you laugh. Put on some music. Power pose, brain gym. See, this all can be layered on top of each other. 
find YouTube videos. There's a lot of funny stuff on YouTube. There's a lot of funny stuff on YouTube. Number six, visualize. So the thing with our brain is our brain does not know the difference between something that we vividly imagine and something that's actually happening. Literally, if you have a happy place, and I'll, I'll tell you what mine is. Mine is, it's in a deck chair on the end of a friend's dock, and it's looking out onto Lake Superior, wrapped in a blanket with a coffee. And when they talk about go to your happy place, or when I meditate and they say pick a place, that's where I go. And there's a thing about large, things that are larger than us, like mountains and sunsets and oceans. And what they do is they give us perspective that, you know, you can, you can take a minute and you can take in a picture bigger than yourself of something that, that isn't you. And you can also get that perspective by looking at things that are small, stuff that you wouldn't have noticed. Now I say, look at insects, but right now it's kind of cold and dark, so no. But leaves, I mean, noticing the veins in a leaf, noticing just like small little things. And by taking your attention to, you know, some place in your mind that makes you feel happy and calm and makes you feel better, it gives your brain a break from the constant thoughts that thoughts and the worry and the stress. And again, it's it's okay to do that. So if you're starting to, you know, think, well, you know, I can't be doing this well this is going on, you can and you should because you need to be as solid as you can to take care of the people in your life. And that's not just the people who are suffering right now, but also friends, if you have other kids, if you, if you say have other friends or other family members, the, the person who's sick tends to expand and, and fill up your whole world and you forget that you have other things going on and you need to take care of yourself for you so you can show up for them as well and show up for yourself. Number five, find your tribe. So look around the room right now. Here are people, here is a room full of people who will listen to you without judging you, who know what this feels like, who will accept you as you are, who will listen to your pain and not tell you that you need to feel differently, that you should do this, or that your loved one should be able to do this. I've got a room full of people here like that. But find those people in your life that love and support you. And then also know people who are the opposite of this. And we all have those people, those people who do not support you, who say things that even if it's meant to be helpful, and, and sometimes it's very well-intentioned, but it hurts. Or they don't say anything, or they pretend, you know, as the case with my mother, she writes me, you know, she'll send me an email and say, how are the girls? I was like, yeah, the girls are good. Want to know about Graham? No. So when you have those people in your life, and I mean, ideally, you stop hanging out with them. Sometimes you can't do that. 
That's where you set boundaries and you adjust your expectations and you realize that what another person says and does is just that. It's what they say and do. It has nothing to do with you. It is not personal. It is about them. And that's as far along as they are. That's where they are on their journey. And let go of any expectations that you have. Because if you, I mean, I could bang my head against a wall hoping my mother will talk to me differently and stop pretending that I don't have a third child. But that's not going to happen. So stick with people who support you, who love you, who understand. Because being heard and understood in times like this is profound. It is the most, and, and then being that person for somebody else. But to have someone who looks at you and says, I see you, I see your pain, and it's okay, I understand, and you can be yourself here, you can open your heart, you can cry. So continue to hang out with people who love, support, and care for you. And as much as you can, you know, and this, this goes for social media as well. If you find yourself scrolling through Facebook and there's that family, that person that keeps coming up, and every time you see something from them, you're like, oh. you can mute people. You don't have to unfriend them. They will never know. You just mute them. And then you don't have to have that, your social media, making you feel bad about yourself. Number four, and this is as close as I'm getting to a yoga term. Well, actually, I suppose I've already mentioned yoga once. But mantras and guided meditations. So when you give your brain something to focus on, I mean, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people think that if you're going to meditate, you need to sit perfectly still, preferably in lotus on a mountain in a saffron robe. <laughs> And have a completely blank mind. And that is just not the case. Because do you know whose mind is blank? Nobody's. The human brain has about 80,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are repetitive. Um, a lot of mine are song lyrics. And most of them are negative. And our brain, for, for different reasons, is, has a default position to be fearful and to look at the, the negative side of things because what that does, you know, from an evolutionary point of view is it keeps us small and it keeps us safe because if we're afraid to go outside, no tiger is going to eat us if we stay small. So meditation, what it does is it just brings an awareness to your thinking. You're still going to have all the thoughts. You know, they're, they're, they're still going to come rattling through your head. But what meditation does, or even, even the mantras, and I'll get to that in a second, but what that does is it just gives your brain something else to think about. We tend to think that, and we over-identify with our thoughts. We think because a thought has arrived in our head, it must be true. Because it's in my head. But you're not your thoughts. And if, if I could get anything in... This would be one of those things that you are not your thoughts, you are not your thoughts. You're the person who can hear your thoughts, and you're the only person who can hear them. You're also the person who can decide what to do with them. 
meditations and mantras. Mantra literally translates to a tool for the mind. When your mind is tearing off, is having thought after thought after thought, and I, I call it the hamster wheel section of my brain where the thoughts go and they just keep spinning faster and faster and faster and faster. But I have to take a big breath because it makes me a little nuts. All a mantra is, is you think of a simple phrase to replace the thoughts that keep coming up. And my personal favorite, and you're going to learn a little bit of Sanskrit, but it's nothing complicated, is so hum, spelled just how it sounds, so hum. And all it means is I am that. And the way to use it, I I used it coming over here because I was a little (laughs) nervous. But as you inhale, you think so. And as you exhale, you think hum. And the handy thing about uh, a mantra is that you can do it and nobody can tell. You can be sitting across the Thanksgiving table and you can have that uncle who is talking about that thing that is making you want to pull your hair out and you just sit there and you think, so... Um, And that'll bring your attention to your breath. Breathe a little more deeply. Gets more oxygen to your brain. Tells your body it's okay. It's not going to stop your uncle from talking. It's not. It's not. It's not going to make the things around you change. And ultimately, we cannot change what other people do. We cannot change the environment around us. We can only change how we live in it and how we respond to it. So, um. And if you have a different set of words that you want to use, say your faith is something and you have words that would speak and resonate more deeply with you, then use those. You can use something as simple as inhale, exhale. All it does is it brings you into the present moment, gets you a little focused on your breath, and helps you tune out a little bit of the stress around you. And then guided meditations. These were probably, I mean, none of us set to go sit in lotus on that mountain with the blank mind. Guided meditations are some of my favorite things. And I will put this in the, um, the notes for the podcast, and I will put it in the email if you want to get it. But there's an app that I use called Insight Timer, and it's a free app, and you can find a meditation on anything. You can get a five-minute guided meditation on anger. Ask me how I know that. (laughs) I sat there one day going, no way this guy's anything on anger that's going to help me. Oh, fine. Well, it's not going to work. And then I'm going, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Five minutes later, I felt better. So it's, you know, there's a lot of resources out there. And it's, like I said, it's, it's just, they're all tools. So exit insight timer, there are others as well. But anything that that, that just helps you get a leg up on the thought hamster wheel section or whatever, you know, whatever your analogy is. Number three, self-care. And what you're doing right now is self-care. Anything that I have on this list is self-care. And we we tend to think of self-care as, you know, getting a facial. You, sir? facial, right? I mean, I, I could, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on you, but you're just right in front of me. 
I bet you've got such beautiful skin, so I just assumed. <laughs> but we think, you know, facials, pedicures, massage, and all of those things are great. But real self-care doesn't just deal with the physical appearance of your body. It works on the insides. So self-care can be something when you need to take a break, actually taking a break. Crazy, right? No, we just got to keep pushing. I, I'm tired, but I'm a hero and I'm going to keep going. And then you wear yourself out. So taking a break when you need one. It also means doing something when you need to do something. It means setting boundaries when you need to set them, even if you don't want to, even if it really scares you, the idea of setting a boundary with someone. Do it, because this is putting your mask on first. Do the things that help you. Because again, you cannot show up for people in your life if you're not taking care of you. Right, number two, are you getting excited because we're getting down there? Kindness and gratitude. And I know gratitude right now, really? Kindness right now? Kindness is one of those things. I, I used to do martial arts for a while, and I had this tiny little Korean uh, man, well into his 70s, and he always gave us these little Dharma talks. But one that really stuck with me is that he talked about kindness being a selfish act. And the reason kindness is selfish is because when you do a kind act for someone, and I mean, it doesn't have to be flashy. You don't have to buy 20 people dinner. You can anonymously buy somebody coffee. You can, one of the things I like to do, though it's not going to be anonymous now, but when I go grocery shopping and I take my cart away, I tidy it up so the guy coming to get the carts is a little easier time of it. But what kindness does is the person receiving it benefits from it. I mean, we've all had people who have been kind to us. And, you know, I swear I can handle someone being a jerk. I can handle the worst. You can throw your worst behavior at me. I'm good. But someone who is genuinely kind to me will make me cry. And I, I think you guys know what that feels like to have someone be really kind to you. But what it also does when you're the person being kind is it does good for you as well. It sets off different neurotransmitters in your brain that help you feel better. And then when you're kind to someone, they're more likely to be kind to someone. Now, gratitude. Again, gratitude is kind of hard when things are, when things are not the way that you would like. I mean, it is super easy to be kind and to be grateful and to be magnanimous when your life is great. When things are going your way, it is so easy to be all those things. When life hurts and when life sucks and when things are really hard, that's when digging in and being kind and finding things to be grateful for are most important. And being grateful can be just tiny things. Like when you open your eyes in the morning, you woke up, you're in a bed, you're in a home, you have food in the fridge. You know, there are a hundred 
little things to be grateful for. And once you start to send, you know, where you send your focus, your energy goes. So the more, and you, you might have to keep consciously coming back to it, but the more you focus on what you're grateful for, the more things that you will notice in your life to be grateful for. And it, like I said, it doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be flashy. There's, there's a guided meditation and it's, I can't even pronounce the Hawaiian word. It's, what is it? No, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I just call it. But if you Google Hawaiian meditation, you'll get it. But it's, it's four sentences and it's only ten words. And when you're thinking about something stressful or a person who's stressing you out, a person who's breaking your heart or making you angry, or maybe you're just thinking about a version of yourself that you don't love very much, and the four sentences are, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you. Thank you. And you just say those over and over again. And if you get them in the wrong order, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And what that does is it starts to make changes in your body. And it's actually been shown that it affects the person that you're thinking of when you say that meditation. And you don't have to say it out loud. I have said it in my car, driving somewhere, knowing when I have to do something or when I'm angry at someone. And just after even a minute of saying it, you'll feel better. And don't worry if you get it wrong. And again, this will be in the notes. So you don't, you don't have to remember it right now. And the number one thing, you guys excited? It's the number one thing. And my being a yoga teacher should probably have already been a obviously not a speaker and a yoga teacher, a clue. There it is. I, I know my words, I swear I do. But it's breathing, it's breath work. And the thing, and this is this is my personal soapbox. You see, I got a little taller just talking about it. Breathing is normally an unconscious reflex, which is handy. So you don't stop breathing when you get caught up in a movie or when you're sleeping, your, your medulla, your brainstem, just keeps making your lungs breathe in and out. It also controls your heart, again, handy. But breathing is one of those things that you can change from an unconscious reflex to a conscious action. And when you do that, you move from your brainstem into higher centers in your brain. And so you start lighting up more areas of your brain when you make breathing conscious. And most of the time when we're stressed, we tend just to breathe in the top third of our lungs. You know, it's like, Spend most of the time not using your entire lung capacity so your body, your brain isn't getting enough blood perpetuated by being stressed. So I'm going to just give you three breathing techniques. And what they're going to do is you're going to take deeper breaths. They'll deliver more oxygen to your body, more oxygen to your brain. And what breathing slowly and deeply does, especially when you exhale a little bit longer than when you inhale, is it turns on what's called your parasympathetic nervous system. So your sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight or freeze one. And that's when you're stressed. And that's the one that we tend to be in a chronic state with. Your parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest one. And it's the one that tells your body it's okay to relax, that you're safe, and that you can digest your food. 
And the reason many people have ulcers or problems with their digestion is because they spend so much time in fight or flight mode that their nervous system never tells them it's okay to eat and their food doesn't get properly digested and then they end up with, with trouble digesting food. So, I mean, that's a, a concrete example of how your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system can affect your body. So, three breathing techniques, and they're pretty simple. And even if you just remember the one, it's three deep breaths. That's, can we all remember three deep breaths? In fact, I even call it 3DB. And all you do, literally, this is not rocket science, is a deep inhale. Inhale, breathe in. Yeah, we're all going to do it. In fact, maybe just sit up a little bit straighter. I'll stand up. There we go. There we go. See that body, body language changing? So inhale, fill up all the way. Breathe in a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Just pause for a second. And then exhale and breathe everything out. Everything out. Exhale, exhale, exhale. Even when you don't think you have any more, exhale till you're completely empty. And then breathe in. Fill up and up. Fill up the top, middle, bottom lobes of your lungs. Hold. And exhale it out. You can even blow it out. Just me? Okay. <laughs> One more like that. Inhale. Option to blow it out because this is kind of fun. I'll warn you. Ah, there we are. Anybody feel a little bit different? So what you're doing is by exhaling completely is a lot of times air just kind of sits in the bottom of our lungs and doesn't go anywhere. So you let that out, you get more oxygen in your body and in your brain. Three deep breaths. So that, that you can do at any time. And again, it brings you into the present moment. And in the present moment, everything is all right. Just at right at this moment, this heartbeat, this right now, everything is fine. The other one is, this, this is four, six, eight. It focuses a little more on the exhale. So what you do, I'm going to sit up again. We all slouched back. Okay, everybody come back up. Yeah, I know. There we are. So inhale for four, three, two, one. Hold. One, two, three, four, five, six. Exhale. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Inhale. Four, three, two, one. Hold. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Exhale. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. That's a good one to use when you can't sleep. And again, just the thinking about your breath helps. The last one is called a box breath because it's like a box. And this is where you would inhale for four, three, four, hold for two, exhale for four, three, two, one, hold for two, inhale, four, three, two, one, hold, two, and then so on. So those are just super simple breathing techniques. And you can use them anytime I'm a huge fan of breathing. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody should do it every day, all the time. 
But I really hope that some of this, any of this, has been helpful. You've got your tribe here. Know that this, although it may feel like it does not last forever, and that you're okay in this moment now. And if there's, you know, if you have any questions, you want to ask me about any of the stuff, I am recording this this handy little thing is that makes me look kind of important. (laughs) Um, So I do have a podcast, and it's on the postcards if you want to go back and listen to it. There's other podcasts in there, and a lot of it is just, I've got one to do, How to Cope When Your Life Sucks. It's, it's, It's pretty basic stuff, but, you know, you forget about it. So that's, that's what I've got. Thank you so much for being so polite and listening <laughs> and being kind. I'm Ruth. If you have any questions, you know, come talk to me. And, and thank you so much, Sherry. I, I do have a question. I would think that this would help all of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know my blood pressure has to go up. And just even just doing those breathing just now, just feel. It does, actually. It will lower your blood pressure. It will, it will lower your blood pressure. It will lower cortisol levels. It increases uh, dopamine. So there's all sorts of good things. And that the handy thing about the breathing stuff is that it's available anytime. And you can pair it with the mantras. You can pair it with anything else that you like. You can do it at the table. Do it when you're going to have a difficult conversation. It's always there. We have another one called Calm. Calm is fabulous. And actually, um, his therapist uses Calm. And so she introduced me to that. So I put it on my phone and use Calm all the time. Calm is great. Headspace is great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are apps that... Yeah. You don't have to get the super-duper premium version. Dollars a month. It's free. There's like 30,000 different. There are so many resources out there. I teach yoga at Yoga by Degrees in South Naperville, Thursday nights. I have a really, really nice restorative class where all you do is get really relaxed. And, you know, we change positions every now and then. And it's a very quiet, meditative class. And then I also teach at Saha, which is a new studio in Lyle. And then I do I do private stuff at both studios and out of the Estuary Center, which is on um, 75th Street uh, by Naper in Naperville. <laughs> yeah, a yoga by degrees. Yeah, and if you if you send me an email, my contact information is on there. I can send you the because I have a calendar link that will just show what my current. Uh, schedule is class-wise and I do do private groups where if you know if you have five or ten people I can come lead meditations I can do private yoga stuff I can cater it to you know to whatever abilities that you have whatever issues that you might be thinking about